trying to stay human being Sitting in the sun eating ice cream Texting my friend about a bad, bad dream Just had to tell someone who knows me But I don't got time for this cuckoo clock And I don't wanna go to your Mason Lodge There's nothing more sad than a lynching mob Full of rational men who believe in God But nothing makes sense when the wave rolls through Nothing makes sense when the wave comes through So it could have been me or it could have been you Whatever's in me is whatever's in you Cause his house is small Says all he needs now is some capital It's a pirate world, it's a free for all They steal your bright ideas and they make them dull to Holy Commutes for Monday, January 8th, 2024. This is the first episode of the January 2024 season of Holy Commutes, which of course is the only uh, morning podcast or sometime during the day podcast um, that's dedicated solely to Wiffle Ball. Uh, I think this is like, uh, I think it started like October of what, 18? So this is like, or 18 or 19? It was 18 or 19. So like this is, that's kind of, ridiculous to think about it's been like six or seven years of uh holy commutes episodes um or seasons i guess as we go into 2024 so um welcome everyone to 2024 and the new season of holy commutes uh i'm paul cook back with my brother tim uh as usual for the monday episodes um today we we want to talk about a few things um we made some announcements of we hope every, first of all we hope we hope everyone had a good new year and good holiday and hopefully it's a good break for work and school and whatever you're doing but uh during that time we made some announcements uh both on the maw front and the united wiffle front so we kind of want to talk about those quickly then um you know also this is kind of the time of the year as we get into the actual next calendar year um where everyone you know, starting to really put into uh, place their plans for the 2024 season. So there has been some player activity. There's been some rumors um, that haven't really taken fruition yet. And we kind of want to, if we thought it'd be fun to maybe talk through some of those uh, with a focus on MAW and UWF. So it uh, sounds good, Tim. Yeah, sounds sounds great. It's it, right. it's great to be back for a new year. Okay. Um, so let's let's start with MAW. Um, we announced the 2024 schedule um not too long ago um sometime again during that holiday break so just high level uh, it's gonna be a six tournament season um down from seven last year seven just seven's a lot um i think there are multiple reasons we did seven last year but seven's a lot six is a little bit easier to get through and you know obviously um for most of our players, MAW is not the only thing they're playing in. So, you know, this gives everyone a little bit more opportunity to play elsewhere without burning themselves out. Um, five of the regular season tournaments will be in York at Shy Wolf Ballpark. Um, and then there'll be uh, the sixth tournament will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or, um, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, metro area at least, if not Pittsburgh proper. 
Um, and that's in uh, that's August seventeenth. Um, more details to come on that, including venue and all that stuff. But once again, we'll be partnering with Jake Davey and the With His Life guys, who you know always do a great job on those tournaments. Um, they have the NWA NWLA equipment um, still at their place this year with the NWA tournament being in Minnesota. I guess they have. I guess the Minnesota guys have equipment covered. So, um, you know, Jake was looking to run something. Um, so we'll be partnering with him again. Um, again, more details to come on that. Um, we're looking at maybe doing something Friday night as well. So people traveling in can get a little more out of it, but more details on all of that. The other five will be at uh, Shy Wolf Ballpark. Um, we'll have the four fields again this year. So with the four fields there, it kind of just, you know, it, it makes the most sense for us to just run there as much as possible. Um, you know, we recognize for some of the guys coming from, um, you know, north of York, um, you know, it, it's a, it could be a bit of a trip, you know, four hours from the New York guys and longer if you're coming down from Massachusetts. Um, but just logistically, it just, it makes the most sense. Um, I guess the only place we ran outside of last year was New Jersey. Uh, we were hoping that could continue, but, um, uh, I don't know if you want to speak on that at all, Tim. It was just the I, I think I think the the parks department thought it was going to be more of a local thing that we were just going to run for them. Um, so I think there may have been a miscommunication there, even though we were pretty upfront with exactly what we were bringing. Um, so um, you know, fortunately, that it just didn't make sense for that to continue. There would have had been different compromises on our part that just didn't make sense. But you know, the feedback we always get from players is, "Hey, yeah, Shirey's place, York, that's." that's the place they like playing the best. Um, you know, obviously some of the other places are more convenient for people traveling wise, but, um, it is a pretty centralized location for our fan, for our base. And then, you know, we know Pittsburgh's a bit of a trip for everyone, but we're gonna make sure we make that worth everyone's while. Yep. Uh, to finish up on the, yeah, the Jersey thing. I don't think there was a miscommunication. I, I maybe his expectations were, right. um, were, we're not right. The uh, only thing I'll add is opening day will also be at Dallas town, but we won't have um, Dallas town available to us. Uh, well, yeah, we, yeah, we won't have it available to us for the rest of the season. We thought we weren't going to have it um, initially for opening day. Cause they're going to redo the field over there, but they're not going to start until um, till after that. So yeah, that should be, yeah. So we'll be able to handle, you know, the, all the demand for opening day. Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, you know, opening day, um, we're expecting and hopeful that it's going to be similar to last year. Last year we had 2014, so we'd love to get that. Um, we'd love to get that again. Um, and, uh, you know, have that really be a, a big tournament to kick off the season. And, uh, you know, we, we've already heard some rumblings of some teams from outside the area once again, come, you know, planning on coming in for that. So that should be a really cool one. Um, and then, like Tim said, you know, we're not going to have Dallas Town the rest of the year, but with the four fields, we can take 16, we can take a maximum of 16 teams for every tournament um, at Shirey's. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of reexamine all this stuff every offseason of like, okay, how many teams do we expect, you know, to be regular teams and all this other stuff. Um, and I think we feel pretty comfortable that, you know, 16 should be a good, um, you know, that we should be in that 14 to 16 area next year. Of, Last year, honestly, we were more in like the 12 to 16, but I, I kind of feel like we're going to get back to that 14 to 16, especially with the one fewer tournaments um, and just some new teams we hope to see in once or twice. So, um, yeah, so like it should be a good season in a wild card tournament on August 31st. 
and uh, the Mid-Atlantic, the 8th Annual Mid-Atlantic Championship on September 14th. Um, details on all that stuff, you know, the, the point system and the, the the setup for the wild card tournament and the championship tournament will be out soon. Um, I think it's fair to say, Tim, that we expect it to be very, very similar to prior year. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there'll be almost anything different, at least, it, yeah, at least with what we discussed uh, back in November for that. Um, yeah, the the only the only other things I'll add for that is the um, the two rule uh, changes coming up for this year. Um, sack flies now, uh, uh, boy, and I, I I still don't know the uh, I don't know the rule, although I I guess I should. Um, you want so me to get there real quick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, hopefully you've got four bumps to learn it, so hopefully you get it by then. Um, so it, it's essentially the golden stick rule, um, where if, uh, you know, it's everything else is the same, you know, you, you call tag uh, with the balls in the air, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you, the old rule was, or the MA, the old MAW rule, which was like, you know, I think the rule that was around when we played, so that's kind of why we picked it up, was if you hit the backstop, the guy, the, uh, the runner trying to tag or the, or the lead runner trying to tag is out. Um, if he hits a strike zone, he's out too. It's just, it's no different than hitting the backstop. So we're, we're adopting that golden stick rule of, um, and I guess the rule we use in United Wiffle as well, where if you hit the back backstop, all the runners hold. If you hit the target strike zone, the lead tag runner is out. All the other um, trail runners that were tagging uh, would hold. If you miss the backstop completely, um, all runners advance. Yep. And uh, the other rule is the uh, foul tip. So in, because we play 4-2, um, you know, if you had one strike and you foul tipped it in, you know, you were out. We're adding a second foul tip in. So it's essentially, you know, regular 4-3 rules for that. Um, the, you know, it, it plays out just like you'd think. So if you start the, you know, if you start the plate appearance with a foul tip into the zone for strike one, that doesn't count as a foul tip, obviously, because it's just a strike. Uh, so you'd get two more. So you could technically, you know, foul tip it in, you know, three times. I don't know how much that's even ever going to happen, but that was, that's just to give a little bit more back to the offense kind of you know kind of like the sack flies too and to add a little bit more you know fielding value and fielding movement um out in the field so both of those very small changes i don't you know i don't think they'll be you know i think the hitters will you know like the extra foul tip but i don't think it's gonna be a negative to the pitchers and then you know sack flies you know they are what they are. That's it's really not that big of a thing. Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't. I agree with you. That's not a big of, of a deal in terms of like, you know, the change. But we're also hopeful, thinking that this is gonna, um, that this will add some more offense and and will add a little more run production. I mean, obviously, we had some games last year go you know very long without um, runs, and I, I think some of that was an anomaly because I don't think the pitching really stepped up you know, that much, you know, year over year, 2023, 2022, 2023, I think it was just a kind of an odd year for that. But we're hoping these, rather than overreact to that and make whole scale changes, these were a couple of, the, you know, the, the, the tag thing, we've 
been asked about for a while, and yeah, it makes sense to make that. We think that'll both bring in defense and encourage teams to be more aggressive and we'll get more runs scored. Um, the foul tip thing, I don't know how much that's really going to add to runs, except it could. Like, I, I still think there's going to be, I think there's probably going to be one to two games at the least, you know, um, that otherwise would go long into extra innings that because that extra foul tip is there, someone ends up getting a hit and it ends up um, ending earlier. But that's just more of just like a fairness thing of, you know, if you, if you hit the ball straight, the pitchers are so good now that and we're only giving you two strikes. If you hit the ball straight back and it hits the target, you shouldn't be out on the first one. You should get another yeah. chance. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like I, I think four, two is very fair. The one aspect of it not being fair is, you know, with a strike, you're, you know, the foul tip going right yeah. in. Like that's, you know, if you're, if you're on a pitch and you just, you know, and you, you just, you know, and you get a piece of it, you know, there, there's, there's merit to saying, Hey, you deserve another one. So yeah, like, like you said, I don't know if it'll add to any additional offense, but like, it feels like, it feels like the right thing to do. And, um, it, it wasn't voted unanimously, uh, by, uh, by any means. Um, so it was, it should have been. Well, yeah, it should have been, but um, <laughs> we won't. We won't. We won't uh, give the names of the people who uh, didn't vote for that. Um, but you know, I, I, I do think that's you know something that also may help. Even like you know, we don't have too many new players, but like you know, hitting often is the thing that comes last uh, if you're if you're a pitcher, and like you know, I, I think that could just you know help you relax a little bit more, and you know go from there yep agreed all right so that's that's maw so the united wiffle um we announced i think on new year's eve maybe i think it was new year's eve um it was new year's eve or new year's day um the dates for 2024 for the uh fifth annual uwif weekend so that'll be october 4th through 6th so same weekend as last year i guess just with the caveat um that Last year fell on Columbus Day weekend. This year, Columbus Day weekend's the week after for some reason. That feels a little bit late. Um, so it's not Columbus Day weekend, but it's that earlier weekend. That seemed to be the consensus. Um, for most people we heard from that, you know, regardless, you know, that weekend, that earlier weekend's better. You know, some people cite weather and that that really wasn't a factor because, you know, we've – you know, uh, our best weather tournament was two years ago, and that was a week later than it was this year. There's been, you know, I think every single year we've ran you with United Wiffle, either the week next weekend after in October, or even like a few weekends after getting into November. There's been like beautiful 75 day weekends, like so you just don't know. So like, I in theory that improves the odds, but not really. But um, yeah, um, it, it 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 really isn't. I mean, in 2022, if we ran that weekend we would have been completely postponed we could have played it all tropical yeah. storm last year if we had it for the uh last weekend in october we would have had two we would have had two and a half 80 degree days so like with all sun too so like it 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 really it, you know that's that's the northeast in the fall um you know like we don't we don't have real we don't have regular weather around here if we did it in early August, you know, it could be a hundred or, you know, we could have, you know, huge thunderstorms that mess with everything. So yeah, we just, we, the general thinking was Columbus day is later this year. The revs were able to give us 
the first weekend and that just seemed like you know let's keep going with that because that's that's what we heard from you know the player base yep exactly um and just once again we're gonna be back at um wellspan park uh in york for that for the fifth straight year um that was a also a very easy decision um you know i i know um you know there's been some we we hear from you know people all the time about you know oh, do you think you, you know you think about running another place you think about running here or running there and I know um, in the October episodes um, our colleague Sam Skibby on Holy Commutes um, you know whatever I think like ten ten takeaways of his from the weekend I think like the first or second one um, you know it was kind of like delving into that about you know running about running that you know stadium and the uh, the pros and cons to it, but, you know, for us, it's a pretty easy decision. Um, you know, and it really, I think it has less to do with, with where we are than a couple other factors. Um, you know, so, so one, I think it's just, it's where the players are. Um, you know, we've had a scrape and scrap with, you know, teams dropping out basically every single year. And sometimes even without teams dropping out, just to kind of finish up the 40. And I can say with, you know, 99 as you know you and i tim is the two guys that really you know get those last minute teams over the finish line that if we weren't running it here we wouldn't have those available players and those available teams to be able to get them last minute the northeast just you know it, it's not it doesn't mean the northeast is better than anyone it doesn't mean that doesn't even necessarily mean that more players play in the northeast but you know there's more players that are you know likely to come to these to this tournament in particular um, and have, having that sort of safety that is huge. And even without the safety that I think, um, you know, no one knows we can't go back in a time machine and see what would happen if we started running these in Texas or California or somewhere in the middle of the country back in 2020. But, you know, the, the experience has been that, you know, um, the reason we're able to get 40 teams every year is because of the Northeast. So that's a big one. And then just the, the revs in particular, is, you know, I, you and I say it's every year, Tim, but like, you know, um, and, and I know, like, I know players necessarily don't care about the behind the scenes stuff. They just want the product or whatever. But, you know, working with them just makes th these things just wouldn't happen anywhere else. You know, whether you want to talk about the affordability of it, whether you want to just talk about the flexibility that the revs have, you know, in allowing us to, you know, to tear up their field. Um, you know, and some of the stuff they do for us, I mean, they're storing equipment for us this year. It's just stuff you couldn't go anywhere else. So it's nice to say, hey, why don't you just run somewhere else? You know, you've talked, you and I have talked to like, what, four or five other stadiums over, you know, not trying to shop this, just they've come to us and we've talked to them about different tournaments. You know, we ran the, the stadium with Jake in Pittsburgh, the soccer stadium. You you talk to all these people and, and you don't get, you don't get arrangements like this every day. Um, yeah, no, I mean, we, we talked with three in the spring of 2021 when you know the minor leagues were you know still trying to figure out what they were you know what they were going to do and like um you know we had an offer for buoy right down the road it wasn't for this it would have probably been for an maw tournament and when we got down to you know the money brass tax it was okay you can come in and set up friday night at 11 p.m it's going to be two and a half times what the revs are for one day and you have to be everything has to be broken down immediately after it's like and, and the stadium's not even that nice <laughs> no no i mean it's it, it it isn't and like it's just there's there's so many intangibles that come there and like 
you know, there it just like it's <laughs> having having done this for a while and knowing how everything works, like what the revs give us is so incredible that like you know that there would we would we would be if we were able to solve maybe one minor thing and i don't even know what that would be necessarily by moving somewhere else we would add on about 15 or 20 new issues that would be you know that would just be a mess so and and um, and and the the cool thing about um and another big reason i mean again it wasn't even a hard decision we weren't gonna leave there anyway but um the refs are doing some really cool upgrades um over this off season to the stadium um one is uh they're redoing their entire jumbotron it's basically if you if, if you see a pic you know if you look up one of the pictures we have online of this, the stadium with the screen where you know We'll have a graphic up of you know the Torben logo or whatever. Like on both sides of that screen, there's like advertisements. I think maybe they're both for Wellspan. I don't, I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But essentially, if you if you view you know the screen and then those two advertisements right on the side, this new screen is going to be that entire length. So it's you know it's I don't know how much it's going to increase in size, but it's like at least a fifty percent increase, if not um, bigger. And obviously, just you know, it's, it's going to be an updated. Um, the quality of the board's going to be better. Um, I think the LED boards are being uh, 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 upgraded as well. They're upgrading their whole um, streaming, um, you know, equipment, you know, which we've utilized the last couple of years for Sunday games. Their whole streaming operation is going to be revamped. Um, you know, we've already talked to them. They're happy to have us take advantage of that when that's done. So there should be some cool upgrades there as well. And then we've got some up, we've got some stuff we're working on. I think we're a little too early to talk about, but um, some stuff we hope to upgrade next year. You know, I think admittedly, you and I, Tim. Um, I mean, I'm not. You know, I don't think we we, we want to. There's no apologies for last year. Last year was you know fantastic. Um, but you and I have set a bar for ourselves where it's, you know, Hey, let's keep improving every year. And I think last year, maybe the one year we were kind of static um, for multiple reasons. So we are, we are, you know, looking forward to kind of, to making some, you know, improvements and upgrades this year. Um, and then the last thing I just wanted to say, so it, it, back to, you know, uh, Sam's comments, I know one of the things he said was about like the distance, you know, finding a location that's more sort of, you know, near a, an airport, uh, you know, near a major airport or, you know, um, I guess, yeah, near a major airport, um, you know, and I guess, you know, while that's a nice thought, um, I think if you look at, you know, both historically and recent, you know, big tournaments, um, you know, that just doesn't happen. And the reason that doesn't happen a lot is because, first of all, you know, airports are generally built you know, in the suburbs. So you basically have to like pick a location where, you know, it's not like, it's not just easy to say, Hey, run right in the city because airports generally aren't in right in the city. They're usually outside the city. So then you just have to have, you would have to have a, a venue that happens to be located in the, you know, the suburb that's, 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 that's like, you know, right next 10 minutes away from the airport. That just doesn't, you know, happen, you know, and, and this location is very, I know Harrisburg International has a few less options than BWI, but it, that's an international airport. It's a major airport. Um, that's 25 minutes or you know, 30 minutes, 30 miles away from, you know, the stadium door to door. All you, highway too. All yeah. highway. Yeah. If you Google that, you know, with the fast plastic tournaments, we're in, um, you know, Cedar Park, Texas, when Tim Dean, 
you know, hosted those for Fast Plastic. Um, the it's literally from the from the parks that those were at to the Austin airport. It's almost it's it's kind of funny. It's almost literally the exact same distance, about thirty minutes, thirty miles, as Harrisburg is from um, from York. You know, last year, you know, anyone that flew into Pittsburgh for the NWA tournament, um, you, you know, just using my own personal experience, I, I flew in on Saturday morning and took an Uber. And, you know, that was my own decision. You know, it was it was whatever. It was like a seventy dollar Uber that you know was more than thirty miles, about forty five minutes. I think it was about forty miles, forty five minutes, um, maybe even fifty minutes. You know, from the airport, you know, to the fields. Um, you know, so that's even you know. Um, longer and if, if, i think if you kind of look at all these different things like that's that's kind of you know just usually what it is so i don't think this is an outlier i think this is kind of the norm and you know it, it's not ideal to have to rent a car or to have to take an uber ride but um you know it kind of just is what it is yeah i mean that's that that's the united states i mean like if you know if we were over in england maybe you know yeah maybe you'd be able to take uh you know a um the you know the underground and not have to you know and, and be able to be somewhere but with everything so spread out here like it's 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 really just you know just a thing and like yeah there's really no places you know i mean we we went through like a bunch of you know where where tournaments have been held over the years and like you know in the northeast up here like there are we do have you know major international airports close but like it, it's you know the closest relative like if you know we were i was you know talking like if you played in philly wiffle up back in the day and you know you were coming in you were flying in you know it's 30 minutes from you know from from the fields in a great location right off the highway um in you know south philly but that's just where those you know airports are so yeah like it's it's you know i kind of like pick your poison i just i i know like you know if i'm going somewhere for a wiffle ball yeah i'm probably gonna have to rent a car and that just is what it is and like you know to me that would never be a thing of oh well i'm you know that that would that would never preclude me from coming um you know maybe i'm you know maybe i'm privileged in that way but um you know i i, I still think that point kind of stands yeah and and one um one like out of the box transit suggestion here on this our ethan Weiner transit segment um for, for, <laughs> for people that are flying in especially if you if you want to fly into bwi you know i i do acknowledge that i think you can get a you know um some better options into BWI, but if you plan it far in advance, Harrisburg's fine and it's not, and it's not any more expensive and you can get nonstop. But for those that do find a BWI, if you don't want to rent a car, it's kind of outside the box, but um, there's a light rail stop at BWI. You can take that light rail train all the way up to about it, how far is Hunt Valley from BWI? Like 20 miles, 25 miles, 25 miles. And it, it's probably, I think, four dollars and fifty cents yeah it's 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 basically it's basically no money it's it's safe it's um you know it's not the it's not the newest technology in the world but it's uh um it's a safe way to travel and then you get to hunt valley you're 25 30 minutes from york you know so if if you if you got a hotel and there's really nice hotels what's the the, um we got to put that hotel out that we stayed at that's right near the stadium that just reopened the the yorktown hotel 
you could literally you could you know you you wouldn't if, if you stayed at that hotel and we did that for opening day last year and it wasn't and that's was a friday night and it wasn't expensive at all it's literally a six minute walk with full sidewalks i mean you can wheel your cart down to the stadium like you wouldn't you wouldn't need any you know transportation right and they have a huge restaurant bar area and there's like i think there's a couple other hotels like right out there but like that's a really nice one and it's like right in downtown so like you know that's also an option because you could take an uber from hunt valley to york for probably you know 30 bucks and if you're splitting it three ways or whatever you know that's nothing and if you don't need to travel the rest of the time um you're kind of set there so yeah i just wanted to throw that stuff out i uh we appreciate that feedback and just want to be transparent on the realities of everything. Yep. All right. So that's a little longer than we expected. Um, you, st you still good doing like five, seven minutes on our yeah, next yeah, topic, yeah. Tim? Okay. So yeah, we, we just kind of want to talk about, you know, getting, getting up that administrative stuff, the more sort of fun stuff of uh, um, off season moves, you know, wheeling and dealing. Um, there's been some of that and I'm sure they'll continue, um, you know, as we get into the winter months, we had some stuff break today on Sunday as we, um, before we recorded this, um, and there's been some stuff earlier in the season. And then we kind of have some like rumors to touch on and we're going to do some like an MAW and UW perspective. Um, so let me see, let's start with, with Inc. Since they were kind of ahead of the curve of everyone else with announcing, their MAW roster and then announcing a um, a move for United Wiffle. So their MAW roster is exactly the same as last year. I don't think there's a ton to uh, really dive into that. It's Kenny Rogers, Mike Styles, Dan Whitener, Anthony Didio, uh, Ty Waggerson, and Kevin Norris. I guess just the only sort of change there would be Norris only played in one tournament last year. So I'm, you know, I'm assuming with think would you know. Um, love to have him back for more this year, but otherwise that's the same, but their big announcement was adding Grant Miller, uh, who's played with the Kalamazoo Kaggers at UWF historically to their UWF roster since Norris and Waggerson play for C4. So initial thoughts on that, Tim. Uh, well, I mean, Grant's, you know, a tremendous hitter. So like, you know, Whiffing doesn't really need the pitching. In fact, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't think that's, I, in fact, I'm, pretty sure that's why that's not why they're bringing him on so if you're you know just looking at him from a pure hitter it you know maybe the maybe the best free agent hitter that was out there i mean no one really kind of knew that he was a free agent you know that stuff just happens but um you know that should that should add to a team that is you know was so dominant in the regular season last year and you know again come playoffs um, anything can happen and then you know made the run to the final four and united wiffle so this you know that should just reinforce things and um i mean it'll obviously it'll obviously help them and it's uh it's an interesting move yeah i mean anytime a final four team adds a big piece um you know it's 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 big and that, that's kind of when you want to add those pieces i think you know when you're kind of a perennial Sunday team, you want to add those. That's the time to add those pieces to get over the hub. Um, I agree with you. Like, there's no, you can't argue that Grant won't help that team. Um, you know, my only thought, and this is just me playing, you know, GM, I mean, uh, armchair general manager, is, you know, to your point, I don't think they need the pitching, but I think they, 
you know, I don't think it would hurt. Like, you know, I've always kind of had in my head is like, if the C four went away, think of how, think of how much, think of how good we think would be by adding Ty, um, you know, to their U with roster. Because you think about last year, they got U with uh, with think got two wins out of uh, Didio to start the day. So let's say that still happens, then they've got a fresh tie for game three, um, of uh, pull play. You know, and if they win that and they get, which they should, with a fresh tie, you should win. I don't, even, I can't even remember who they played in that, but they they should win that still. Then they've got him just having pitched one game for the final sixteen. Um, you know, you win that, then you go into Sunday with you know Styles and Whitener fresh. And if you think about last year, and again, you never know how scenarios are going to play out. But you think about last year, Styles had to pitch a pretty grueling game against the Stompers and win eight or nine innings. Um, you know, ended in a Kenny Junior walk off. And, you know, since Wider pitched the day before, you know, Styles is back out there then for the semifinals against the Juggernauts. Think about like that same scenario occurs. Um, you know, you're able to bring Whitener in then for the semifinals, you know, give Styles a rest, and then you pitch, you could all hands on deck then, right, for the finals yep. if, if you beat the Juggernauts. Um, I, I know that's Monday morning quarterbacking that's looking at a scenario that's likely not to happen again. Um, you know, and Grant can pitch, but I know Grant's arm has been beat up. Um, so he, he's really sort of, he really gives him that hitting more than that pitching. Um, you know, I, I still feel like they could use one more pitcher just to be like really on the safe side. But again, it's a, it's a great move and it makes them more dangerous. Totally. Um, all right. Going to a, a move, the move that was announced today was the uh, dragons the New York dragons signing Gino Joseph for the 2024 MAW season. And presumably for you with as well. Um, that rounds out. Well, I don't know if it rounds out the Dragons roster, but it gives the Dragons a, a five-man team: Nick Lee, Dougie Baker, Mike Bucci, Matt Fenzelmiglia, and now Gino. Um, which, if they did run that at you with, is a you know a very good team. Um, thoughts on that, Tim? Yeah, I mean, you know, Gino is a is an arm that will help the Dragons. Like that, the Dragons are a are a a team where like. They, I still think they're underrated, even, you know, even though I, I think Nick would say last year's performances, you know, you would take them out of that category. You know, I think, you know, they've always needed another arm, you know, and like Gino, if he, you know, keeps building on his second half of his season last year, you know, that should, you know, he should not only be a durable guy, but he should be a, you know, a, a top of the rotation guy to pair with Nick and, you know, you're in, you, you're, you're in really good shape and like, there's so little room between, you know, a lot of these teams in MAW, you know, um, it, you know, especially if you're around like the, like the four through nine or 10 that like, you know, little increments, incremental things. And this is more than an incremental thing can, you know, can actually, you know, make a big difference. And, um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing not to like about this move. No, it's, I, I think it's a great move for everyone, you know, um, you know, from what I understand, it was very amicable uh, parting of ways between the Stompers and Gino. But, you know, that team has a lot of pitching. Um, I think it makes sense for Gino to go to a place where he can, where he knows he's going to pitch every single tournament um, in big situations, whether it's late in the tournament or whether it's handling pool play. 
And I think the big thing it does for the Dragons is, you know, Gino's a Gino's an every tournament type of guy, usually. Um, and the Dragons have historically struggled to, you know, find enough players to field the team. Uh, between Nick, Dougie, and Gino, you know, they should be able to get guys there every single time, um, you know, and not have to, you know, call on Bucci last minute every every single time if there's, you know, a couple that he has to miss or whatever. So, yeah, it's a really good move, and there'll be a – There'll be a team to reckon with in MAW and UF, especially UF. Um, you know, MAW over the course of the season, things kind of, you know, even out. Like, if you, you know, for a single tournament, and especially one like UF where there's, you know, disparities in the talent level and there's just there's so many teams, anything could happen. That's the kind of roster that if things break their way, you can see them making it to Sunday. Yeah, we saw in 2022, they went. Th- well, they went two and one and then got to, you know, had a, a you know, final 16 loss that, you know, was extra innings or, or it was, or it was a one nothing game. Nothing, yeah. Yeah. It, it went, yeah, it went five. It, I guess that was a five inning game. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, there's a couple more here real quick. So um, on the MAW front, um, this is more, this is more, we'll go to a couple of rumor mill stuff now. So this, this one's more in the rumor mill, but um. Um, there were at least some rumblings at UF last year. I know I don't know. I haven't really followed up uh, since, but that we could see a blue ball squad um, be a little more full time in MAW this year. Um, the blue balls played a couple tournaments last year, but opening day they were a replacement team, and then the next one they were kind of under um, under man. But then they played in. Uh, United Wiffle has blue balls for the first time, you know, um, and captained by Greg Myers. And so from there's, there's some rumblings that Greg wants to play a full seat, wants to play an actual season in MAW this year for the first time. I think some stuff um, has shifted around in his life where his, you know, weekends are more potentially more available now. So I know there was some talk about that. You know, you could speculate on the guys that would be on that roster, but, you know, Cam Farrow, I think would almost be a definite and then, you know, Zane. So you can pretty quickly see, you know, just if you think about those three guys, how quickly of a force that would be. Um, and then you could already, yeah, you could think ahead to you with too. It, you know, it's always interesting to see what the really park teams are going to do for you with, if they're going to build a super team or not. Um, so you kind of look forward there. It's like, you know, maybe this is the year they just say, Hey, the long balls stay the long balls. And, you know, this other team stays the summer team. Then we put together a third team with the leftovers um, and that, you know, that kind of core would be a very good team for that. And they've got, they obviously be a very, very good team for MAW as well over the course of the season. And, you know, I mean, they got uniforms now, so they might, they might as well use them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think the biggest thing there is Greg wanting to, you know, play the, you know, the full MAW season. Cause that will give them a stabilized three, you know, and then, you know, if the, you know, like if a guy like Cam can make, you know, three regular season or, you know, even maybe four, you know, they're all of a sudden, you know, like I said, there's no, there's no very little breathing room between, you know, team number 11 and team number three in MAW. So like, you know, things, things break your way, you know, all of a sudden they're, you know, they're, you know, looking at the playoffs and, you know, you never know what happens then. Yeah. That's a team that just needs to get into the wild card tournaments. And then, you know, by any means necessary. And then if you, then if you're taking into, you know, a, uh, 
if you're thinking the best of three series and you've got, you know, Greg, Cam, and Zane, all his pitching options, you know, they're going to be as tough to beat as anyone. And all those guys can hit too. Um, all right. Last one, last one. Then we'll dump off here. This, this is another rumor uh, or rumors that have kind of gone on throughout uh, the off season. So that um, I think are kind of interesting that people may not um, know about. So uh, Jared Bull will be returning to the Yaks for, uh, the 2024 MAW season, and that may seem like not much of a, um, you know, breaking news item, um, since you know that's all bull. That's the only team bulls ever play with. Besides, I guess Y2B, the one year where they there was two Yaks teams, um, but there uh, there were, from what we understand, several teams interested, you know, in his uh, in his services for the uh, 2024 MAW season. Um, you know, some contending teams, you know, that c- kind of had their eye on him. Um, but he decided to go back with the Yaks. But also from what we understand, it's not a guarantee that he'll be with the Yaks or way too beautiful, I guess, for United Wiffle. Um, that there's still, you know, some pretty big name teams, one in particular, um, you know, that have real interest in him. I don't I, I do we want to say. I uh, will let people speculate okay. on that. Um <laughs> okay. it, it's a uh it, it, it's a team that I, I don't think, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's a, it, it's a top team that, um, that from what we hear is, you know, it, it, it's definitely not unofficial official, but I think it's pretty close. Yeah. It, it would be a very interesting move. It would be a move that makes a lot of sense and it'd be a move that yeah, makes this perennial contender, um, you know, maybe a little more solid, a little more, a little more solid footing than they were last year. Yep. All right. Yeah, and then we can probably get into this bunch of other stuff. And I'm sure more stuff will kind of come break this week that we could talk about. So maybe next week we could kind of dive. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do five or six minutes on this each of the weeks in um, in January, but we'll cut it off there for now. So that's it for us today. On the eighth, we'll be back uh, next week on, I guess, Martin Luther King Day uh, for our second episode of the January season, and then our third and final one the week after that. Uh, Tim Dean's back tomorrow with his first Tuesday episode of January, and we'll uh, see everyone next week. Thanks for listening.